0: especially at the beginning, because that, that, that's one of the things I ran into. It was like, oh, you know what? I'm my own boss. I can you know, do what I want when I want. But then that mindset led me to not really doing the things I needed to do to move the business. So I would say that was probably like the first thing. Once I got past that, um, then the next challenge was really figuring out what I, you know, really getting clear, like we were just talking about on number one on what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And for a while, that was me actually running a done-for-you service where I actually um, worked with local businesses and generated leads for them for their business, which is what I did for over three years. Uh, it wasn't until recently that I went into more of the consultant route uh, After pretty much like during COVID is when that happened. So figuring out, getting my schedule right, figuring out what exactly I want to do and how I wanted to help people was the second challenge for me. And then the third was really then at that point how do I get business for myself
1: with no limitations what does your perfect day look like what if it's possible to live like that every day would you
2: wake up after 9am have perfect health maybe fire your boss have the money and freedom to do what you love most the world is your oyster where would you be who would you be with the possibilities are endless. Whether you believe it's possible for you or not, you can make more, work less, and live free. Welcome to Freedom Hack Radio, where entrepreneur, best-selling author, world traveler, and adventurer, Bryce Robertson, and special guests crack the code on money, health, relationships, spirituality, and having fun doing what you love most. Be inspired to create your own self-designed freedom lifestyle. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. And today I'm excited about our guest, Mr. Greg Wheeler, because Greg went from being dissatisfied and unpassionate about his career stuck in that W2 job to being on his path to living the freedom trinity of financial, time, and location freedom. And here at Freedom Hack Radio, that's what we're all about. We're about financial, time, and location freedom. We're also about living in true fulfillment by growing and maintaining balance in financial wealth health relationships spirituality and having fun so i think you guys are going to get a kick out of this conversation that we have today and i love how greg's just so open and vulnerable about it he just fully committed and made the choice five years ago and you guys get to learn a little bit about his journey so without any further ado i'm excited to introduce mr greg wheeler Welcome back to another episode of Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. And today, my friends, I'm excited to introduce our guest, Mr. Greg Wheeler. Greg Wheeler ditched his corporate job in pursuit of time freedom. His goal is to help business owners like you take back your time and make a lot more money while working with clients that you love. You can start now by downloading his free ebook. How to Get Clients Without Paid Ads, the four pillars to a multiple six-figure business. Greg, it's a pleasure to have you here with Freedom Hack Radio. How are you doing today, mate?
0: I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. One place, mate. I think this is the most important place to start at. I've got to know, what's given you the most gratitude today?
0: Oh, man. So today, honestly, the ability to go, so with the whole COVID thing, um at when it all started and all the gyms closed i i'm like any like working out is is the biggest stress relief for me and i like lost that when all the gyms closed so mm-hmm. what i did was i built a gym in my garage um so like right before we got on i actually just got a workout and just being able to do that is just um, I mean, some people might not understand that, but that, that, that was I'm probably the most grateful about the ability to do that right today.
2: That's beautiful, man. And how do you compare <laughs> for you working out at home compared to a gym? You're still keeping your motivation and.
0: Yeah, because for me, I would say when I when I would go to the gym and the gym I used to go to, is was literally like a block and a half from my house. Uh, but I would just have my headphones on anyway. And, you know, there's some people I would see at the gym, you know, I would nod and say, hey, but then we just both go back to our workouts. So for me, just working out in my garage isn't that much different. And I built a pretty substantial gym in there. So I have everything I need to you know, get a, the same level of workout I did at the gym.
2: That's awesome, man. I love it. You know, I've got my own home gym going on. It's, it's, it's actually pretty cool that you don't have to carve out that time in the day to go to the gym.
0: You know, mm-hmm. the transit
2: time and everything, you win that time back. And I know time freedom is huge to you. Yeah. So that's super cool. Um, and I know you, you've almost lost like 75 pounds recently too, haven't you?
0: Yeah, I am on the process. So as of this morning, I think I'm at 72 pounds uh, and counting. And that's about, that's since last May, May of 2019. Mm-hmm. So I, I started working with the trainer back at near the end of May 2019 Lost weight, dropped down maybe 50, 55 pounds or so. COVID hit, um, gained 25 pounds during that, that process, hurt my shoulder, had to go through uh, physical therapy for about two months,
1: mm-hmm.
0: built my home gym after I got out of physical therapy, and then went through the process of then losing that 25 pounds and then another 20. So I'm about five or six pounds away from my goal, and then I'll be, uh, then I'll be done.
2: And would that kind of make you half of what you used to
0: weigh? (laughs) So I was at, I was at 231 when I started. uh, And then I'm currently around 165. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. well, I'll end up around somewhere between 157 and 160. Hats
2: off to you, man. And so what's been your secret juice to eliminating 75 pounds? That's a lot, man.
0: It is. It is. Um, and like sometimes I tell my wife this, like I'll, I'll catch myself in a mirror and I still haven't fully internalized that. This is what I look like now, because growing mm-hmm. up, I've always been like, you know, like the bigger kid and everything like that from like pretty much the majority of my life. Um, for me, the biggest thing, though, was hire a coach. So I hired a online trainer, a guy who I've been following on YouTube for eight years, and he's trained hundreds of clients and have hundreds of transformations, uh, a guy by the name of Chris Jones. Okay. Um, and then back in May of last year, I got to the point I had been doing my business for a little bit over four years and I just didn't have the energy that I once did to just kind of get after it. You know, like when I remember when I first started, I could actually I, I could work a 14 hour day like it was nothing if I if I you know wanted or needed to and just have the energy for days. And then I got to the point where I just, I was so low energy. I knew I had to make a change. So, and I've been, I had been telling myself that I was going to, you know, work out and do all these things for so long. I had been working for myself for four years. So I had the freedom of time to choose to go work out, but it wasn't happening. So I felt I needed some direction, some accountability. So I hired him. And then that was immediate, immediately start changing all my habits. And it's just been a slow, you know, trickle down to get to this wow. point.
2: That's beautiful. And so, you know, you're working at home, you're doing this remotely. Um, mm-hmm. So do you, does your coach need to physically be there with you or, you know, can you guys chat online or how's that set up?
0: Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's all remote. He's uh, he's actually up in Dallas. So, um, but you know, I've actually never met him in person. So the way it, it works pretty much, he, when we first started working, I fill out a questionnaire, kind of tell him my habits, my goals uh, that I want to reach and then he sets up a plan for me. So, and that's, uh, he gives me uh, my macros, macronutrients. So proteins, fats and carbs that I need to hit on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And then I pretty much eat whatever I want to inside of those ratios. And then he gives me a workout plan. And then so every week I fill out an Excel sheet he has with all this information in, you know, like what what, what were my macros that I hit each day? What were uh, the numbers I hit in my workout? What was my weight each day? And I just update every Tuesday, I send him an update with that information, as well as pictures. And then he makes adjustments to either what I'm eating or to cardio every week, if necessary.
2: And do you feel like after doing that for about 18 months and going through that process and watching, you know, how if you shift this thing here, this happens and whatnot, like, do you feel like you have more control of your diet and what kind of workouts you're going to do and how much you need to work out to, to stay where you're at?
1: hundred
0: uh, percent. I I'm someone I've been kind of off and on on like the diet train for like the last decade. I mm-hmm. kind of got into the gym back in 2010 um, when and I was kind of I had been doing it for about six months, came back from a friend of mine's wedding when I was in college, got a little overexcited, uh, tore my rotary cuff and right. some of my pectoral muscle. And then I couldn't work out for almost a year. Why that healed. And ever since then, it's been kind of up and down, like you know, cycling of yo-yo dieting, pretty much since then. And one of the things I've learned in this process is number one, kind of flexible dieting. Mm-hmm. So the ability to not restrict, and I, because I've tried literally every diet under the, under the sun at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the idea behind flexible diet is not to necessarily restrict anything, but sometimes you just have to make healthier or more macro-friendly is a best, better way to say that, more macro-friendly choices. So, for instance, I love pizza. Mm-hmm. So, But um, I can't eat, you know, Domino's or store-bought pizza every day if I want to actually hit my goals. Sure. Um, so one of the things I do is look for macro-friendly alternatives. So, for example, the crust is probably one of the highest-calories parts of a pizza. So what I do is I use a, a pita, pita bread okay. as my crust. And I'm, and I will just use that and make a pizza out of that way less calories way. Um, but so I still feel that craving.
2: That's beautiful. So
0: yeah, I feel like having things like that in my bag when I do start working with him, which will probably be in the next four to six weeks, you know, I don't, I don't foresee any problems maintaining his weight, um, as well as building muscle, which is my next phase.
2: Nice, man. Nice. And how would you say that it's improved your life and translated into your business and into your marriage and like into the other areas
0: of your life? Okay. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. Uh, so let's start with business. So for business, just the amount of energy, that I have, like, even though like, especially right now, my calories are pretty low. So I've lost 75 pounds. That's a lot of weight to lose. Mm -hmm. And like, to get to that point, you know, you probably have to have to go had to go pretty low in calories. But, you know, so my, but even even with all that, my energy levels are still like vastly higher Mm -hmm. than it was when I was at, at 231. I was just so tired. I didn't have any have the energy to do the things I wanted to do. Um, as far as my marriage, um, I remember, I remember, and you know, this is hack Radio, so we can talk about anything. So I, I remember <laughs> like, man, my, like my sex drive was crap <laughs> back when I was 231. I had no motivation. I'm just like, like mentally I wanted to, my body was just like, ugh. Um, and then, yeah, that's, that's a lot different now too. Um,
2: and were you working so, out before, like before you started this 18-month journey? Uh, were you actually working out much? Because we actually just had Dr. John Gray on. He's the best-selling okay. author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And he was oh, telling nice. us that when we work out, when a man works out, and when a man meditates, um, mm-hmm. we increase our testosterone levels massively. So um, I think that's interesting.
0: Yeah, so I was. it wasn't consistent. My workouts yeah. were not consistent. I was one of the guys, I had a gym membership, but I didn't, I, I couldn't tell you how the frequency of which I went to the the gym at that point. Um, my diet was all over the place. So just kind of eating what I wanted (laughs) when I wanted which you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but it wasn't getting, it wasn't getting me the results I wanted. So Mm -hmm. yeah, no, no consistency. So the biggest thing I would say that I've gotten from this is, and, and this is actually translated into my business, the consistency, like having a certain set of things that I can do on a daily, weekly and monthly basis that then add up to my goal. Mm-hmm. So like, so for instance, for, to lose weight, it was literally okay, I, tr- I, I weigh myself every morning, I track my food intake, um, as well as my cardio and workouts. Mm-hmm. And then each week I looked at what happened based off of what I did. And then I just adjust. And in this case, my coach adjusted for me, um, which I will say is that was also a big mental, that was a, a lot of mental sp- uh, space that I got back, by not having to think about it for me, that worked out for me. I still had to do the work, but having someone else just say, Hey, just do these things. And then I didn't have to think about it anymore. That was something that I found to be really helpful. And how that translated into business, I was like, okay, well, what do I need to do in business that's just like this? I'm like, okay, business. I need to be doing a certain amount of activities to get leads um, uh, for my business and then, like, take these activities and each week review those activities and what results came out of those, how many appointments and sales I got, and then adjust. And it's the same thing. And I can pretty much point to that exact same concept in probably every area of life. So that's kind of some of the biggest things I got out of this 18-month journey.
2: That's awesome, man! And every day you have a workout, and especially on those days where you really don't want to do it, you do it. You feel good, and then you have a win. And then when you have yeah. those wins and you stack those wins up, it just makes you feel really freaking good, doesn't
0: it? Mm-hmm. I feel like the days I don't really don't want to go to the gym, and I do it anyway. Like I'm even I'm more proud of those days totally. because I I, I I have more. I uh, was just like, man, I really don't want to do this workout. I really don't want to like I. Like Tuesday had leg day. I really didn't want to do leg day. I was so tired. I didn't want to go do legs. And then I just had, number one, I had a great workout. And then those are the the decisions. Those little decisions add up over time to get you the result you want to make. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Well, hats off to you, man. That's awesome. That's a huge result. So you left your job in pursuit for time freedom and and you did this like, you know, five years ago or something like that. Can you unpack this for us? (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. So this was in, so I left my job and I had the date. I'm going to get this tattooed on me. I call it my freedom date. Uh, January 22nd, 2016. That's when I, I, that was my last day working in the corporate world. Um, and that was a big decision for me for a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, I was making good money. I was making over six figures, you know, and I had been making over six figures um, for a while doing a job. I used to work in the oil field as an engineer. Okay. So I had a period where I was working out on the, out on the rigs uh, out in North Dakota, which is a whole other thing. And then I was working inside an office um, for another year and a half. And then we got to the point back in it was 2015, and one thing about the oil field is they, they have these cycles where it's usually about every six to eight years where everything's going good, and then the price of oil starts dipping, and then they have massive layoffs. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back up and, they, and then they you know, hire people again. So when I first started working, it was right after one of those dips. So everything was great for, at, at, for a while. And then in 2015 was one, another one of those start of a dip. The prices were going down. And then I went from having, when I first joined my team, I was working on, we had eight people on the team and with the plans to expand. By the end of 2015, we were down to three people. On the team but our workloads hadn't really changed at all but they were laying people off and it got to the point i asked for i asked to get laid off i, I said hey because then i would get the severance and everything like that if, if they laid me off versus me quitting and then my, my manager told me he's like we can't afford to you know you're too important to the team we can't let you you know we can't afford to do that and it was really bad at that point because i was so stressed out that i was actually having health issues because of the stress i remember mm-hmm. I, was being, I was talking to my doctor you know, a couple times a month um, with the stress. Not only that, I got married at, in December of 2015. So I was getting ready for a wedding,
1: mm-hmm.
0: plus all the stress from work. And then it just got to the point, and I remember telling my wife after we uh, got married, we're on a honeymoon, we're in Iceland. I was like, I don't think I can, I can't do this anymore. You know, this is, uh, I, yeah, I, I, just, I can't do this anymore. And she was 100% behind me. And we had been kind of talking about it before that. That wasn't the first time she heard, heard this. But that was kind of a breaking point for me. And that's when I made the decision when we were in Iceland that I I was done. So I came back from vacation and I put my notice in. I was like, I'm done. And then they scrambled. They scrambled really hard to try to kid me. But it was done at that point. I was like, nope. So pretty much like a month after I got married, I left. I left that job. It was done. Left my six-figure job.
2: (laughs) Beautiful, man. And what inspired you to want to get away from that and to, you know, get into time freedom? And what did that look yeah. like for you? What was your path at that point?
0: Okay. So let's take a step back a little bit earlier in 2015. 2015 was a great year for me. That that, that It was an eye-opening in a lot of ways. So number one, uh, one of the, uh, a different fitness YouTuber I was following, a guy by the name of Brandon Carter. Uh, he did a video about some of the books that affected his life the most. And one of those books was Rich Dad Poor Dad, which I know Mm. you're familiar with. So Mm -hmm. I read that book. And that was just like, man, just like my horizons just opened up, you know, up to that point, I had never even thought about the concept of financial freedom, you know, making money in other ways. Now, I've always had, I believe, some type of entrepreneurial streak in my life. I mean, growing up, I used to, you know, mow lawns for people. I always had, like, some type of side business in, in high school. I remember, you know, I used to, like, sell CDs to my friends. In college, I did uh, a couple network marketing. At the time, I know that was network marketing, but I did Amway uh, a couple times, <laughs> like, my the summer after my freshman and sophomore year, I, I went and sold books door to door. So I've always had, like, a kind of entrepreneurial streak, but I'm just, like, nothing that really drove me forward. But after I read that book, I knew that's what I, I – I'm like, okay, this is what I need. This is what I'm gonna do. I just have to figure out how. So, and then I I want to say a couple months later, I saw an ad on Facebook for the uh, Millionaire Mind Intensive coming here in Austin. Yes. Yes. So uh, I was like, oh, this is what's this? This looks cool. And then so I was like, oh, I can sign up for the the VIP for ninety-seven bucks. Okay, let's get that too. You know. So like, I went to this three-day event, the Millionaire Mind Intensive. And then that was pretty much the next step. I signed up for Quantum Leap, I believe, on the first or second day, whenever they introduced it, which is their big package for people who don't know. Signed up for that. And then that was the start of the rabbit hole for me. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And how how did that
2: change your life? Because we had the same experience. My wife Mm -hmm. and I, you know, we went to the Millionaire Mind, I think it was back in 2012 or something like that. And then we spent the next two years with our Quantum Leap program. It made such a radical shift in our life. I can't even like promote it. (laughs) Yeah. What was it like for you? Like when you, who were you when you went in and who were you when you came out?
0: Oh, man. When I went in, I was, you know, I was someone who, kind of had ideas of like, you know, I was just kind of getting started on, I knew that there was possibilities out there. I just wasn't sure. I was trying to piece together different things. You know, when I first heard about financial freedom, I started Googling, Googling Mm -hmm. it and, you know, learning about passive income and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I knew I had an idea of potentially what was possible, but after going to that event, it like, it clarified a lot for me. Um, on like the different ways to actually get get financially free and the different yeah. avenues. So I think my first course I went to was Gorilla business school. So mm-hmm. learned a lot about business and, and different ways to do that. Then I went to some real estate things, went through some stock things. So coming out of that event, I was just like hyped. And it was at that time it was just me because my wife was still in law school um, or my fiance at the time. She was still in law school, so she didn't she didn't go to the event with, with me. Um, but I just like at that point, it was, I was certain I was going to get it. I just still, at that point, I didn't know how. So I went down the path of real estate, stocks, multiple different businesses, trying to figure out which one was which. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I ended up on was business, online business. So my background is, I have a degree in physics and electroengineering.
2: Okay.
0: So um, my background is heavily into like programming, you know, robotics, things like that. So one day I was on, I think this was after, or maybe around the time of the, the uh, event, I was on Facebook again, I believe. I saw an ad for a programming course on Udemy for something called uh, Arduino. Um, and I went through the course, I'm like, this is cool, because that was a hobby of mine anyway. So and I was like, man, I could do that. Guys, he's making money off of that. And that was pretty much my first business venture kind of coming out of the millionaire mind. I was like, I'm gonna make a course, teaching people how to do some type doing, doing programming and I'm going to make money. I was going to be my business. And it was like, yay, I'm excited. So I spent a few months making that course because I had no experience on like, you know, actually creating a course, the filming and things like that. Made that course, finally launched it after about three months of work and then crickets.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> it's like, wait, why is no one buying? What's going on? I, I, I made the course, no one's buying and then that's kind of when I got into the idea of marketing because I was like, man, okay, I made the course. I thought if I made it, people would just buy and that's not working. So- Because the, cool, right? so the, the course is cool,
2: right? So it's <laughs> going to sell itself because the course is cool.
0: Yeah, exactly. And That's what I thought at the time. I was like, but this course is awesome. And I put my, like, my, my you know, sweat and tears into yeah. this course, and, but why isn't anyone buying And that's what kind of got me started on the idea of, uh, you know, marketing. I needed to learn how to sell the course, which then got me into affiliate marketing, Mm -hmm. which then brought me to. So I went through that process and I did eventually get my first sale when I got that first sale. I think it was only for like a dollar and 50 cents, though, because of like the discount program that uh, Udemy has. And that was around. That was actually about a week after I quit my job. I got my first sale on that course um, at the end of January. And that's when I knew I'm like, okay, I, I, could, I can do this. I'm just like, it was literally, it was just literally $1.50. It was $1.50 was the first money I made online. And at that point, I'm just like, I did it once. I can do it again. Mm-hmm. And now I did go a different direction later. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. Uh, but actually to this day, that course is still on Udemy. I still get maybe, you know, like five or 10 bucks a sales in it every month that comes in just for without me doing anything. But um, I did eventually go down a different path uh, with the whole business and marketing because later that year, I believe it was in April, April of 2016, I went to another New Peaks event, the world's greatest marketing seminar. Mm -hmm. And I would say that was was probably the next biggest change for me and my business. So at that event, great event great information and one thing after a couple of days of that event i realized based on talking to other people i'm like this this information is great but i would say 95 plus percent of the people won't know how to implement it when they leave and after being at that event and talking to a bunch of people i had at least a dozen people when i told them what i did they were like man have, do you do you know the marketing for other businesses I had that exact same question asked like at least a dozen times. And I had never thought about that. And I was like, no, but I'm like, Hmm, I probably could. And then that is probably, that's when the rabbit hole really began in marketing. That's when I went deep into like becoming a student of marketing and sales and really learning how to, you know, position a business, market a business, do advertising. And that pretty much became, at this point, a four and a half year journey of, just, you know, becoming, being a student of marketing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And do you see commonalities in all of these businesses, all the businesses that you're, you know, looking to promote and, and enhance their marketing? Are you seeing the same problems spread throughout?
0: Yeah. I mean, typically speaking, the biggest issue that I see with it, like, whether well, it's newer businesses or businesses that might have a, a tiny bit of success, but have, haven't broke through it's it, the, the biggest issue if I could condense it down would be focus. And what I mean by that is they are focusing on all the activities, all the, you know, that they think are glamorous, but not necessarily activities that are going to make them money. Mm-hmm. So one of the things and I was actually talking to, um, uh, one of the people who worked for me this morning on, uh, that I've just brought on, uh, and we were talking about this exact same concept. I was like, you'll notice if you ask people what they do on a day for their business, the ones who are having trouble, they'll tell me things like, oh, you know, I was working on my website or I was doing, you know, working on this blog or I was doing X, Y, Z and et cetera, et cetera. And then when I actually have conversations with those people and ask them about their, how they get customers? Number one, they typically just rely on referrals and I have no problem with referrals, but I don't, rely on referrals to get new business because I can't control when that happens. Then number two, they don't really have a consistent output to get business. They typically are spending their time, like I said, on like website, like every, everything else except like selling, because at the end of the day, selling is how they're going to make money and grow. But they typically spend like almost no time on that, that piece. And that's probably the biggest thing that I, I would say is holding these businesses back.
2: Yeah. It's a common thing, huh? It's like easy to work on the things that are easy, but it's yeah. really, you know, nothing's going to move the needle unless we're, you know, increasing our revenue.
0: So mm-hmm. Exactly.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. And so that's the place where you help. And so how do you help your customers?
0: Right now. And this is actually more recently last few months because of COVID. Uh, I focus on working with anyone who's like, who, who does online coaching consultant, Or some type of service provider, you know, like they might be a graphic designer, they might do ads or stuff like that for other people, copywriter, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And what I do is I take them through uh, a four pillar process in order to help them grow their business. So the first pillar is identifying, number one, who they want to work with and how they help help them. And most people think they have that down. And that's why this is number one. Most people think they know the answers to those questions. But I would say if someone's making under ten thousand dollars a month, they don't have those those two things down. They they aren't clear. And the perfect example I like to give people for that is um, like life coaches or health coaches. And I love both of those because I I work with a uh, a fitness coach and I've worked with a life coach for the last five years. Um. But when you describe yourself as something like that, that's that's generic It's something I call the, the difference between a specialist and a generalist. Uh, if I describe myself, for instance, as a health coach, I'm a health coach. I can work with I can work with anyone and help them lose weight. Uh, the problem with that is that's too generic with. And what, what I mean by that is, yeah, maybe you can help a lot of different people. However you you're you're gonna have trouble separating yourself from all the other people who, who describe themselves that way which is gonna make it harder for you to get clients because okay do you help men do you help women do you help you know younger people older people what kind of result do you get them you know i'm just a help coach and that's what most people do in their business versus they're not the perfect they're not, example for that they're not
2: niche enough they need to niche exactly. down more yeah.
0: So yeah, they need to niche down and they need to need to be clear about the problem that they solve. Mm-hmm. So in this example, let's say if I was a health coach, instead of describing myself as a health coach, maybe I say, Hey, you know what? Someone asked me what I do. My response to something like that, if that's what was my, was my industry, I would say something along the long lines of I help um, busy entrepreneurs who are, who are doing six figures or more a year in their business get to their ideal body weight so they have the energy and drive to get to seven figures plus. Mm-hmm. Now that is very specific yeah. about who I help, what I do for them. And so if someone doesn't fit, fit what I just said, they already know, number one, they're not in my, the audience. But if someone does fit that, that mold, they're going to go with me every time over someone who just describes them as a health coach. Mm-hmm. And that makes it clear for me who I, can, who I should say yes or no to, because I only want to work with clients that I want to work with. Not just not everybody. And then it also makes it clear for them to figure out, Hey, I think this guy can help me versus this other person, you know, who is more generic. Yeah. So I would I'm- say those are probably the, those are the two biggest things that people struggle with. I mean, and after once they get that down, honestly, a lot of the rest of the stuff is kind of easy, you know, <laughs> like once they really like dialing, dialing who they, who they work with, what, what problem they solve, um, like the next steps are easy. Then it goes to, you know, then we help them really dial in the pain points of their audience and have a whole process for that. Uh, then we help them get actual a consistent flow of leads. And then we scale that up with advertising. It's the fourth step. But step number one, which is what most people skip, they want to skip straight to four. They want to go straight to number four, which is the advertising. Yeah. And that's why you hear people say things like, oh, Facebook ads don't work or YouTube ads don't work because they skip all the steps that come before that.
2: Yeah. And they're advertising to everybody. They're saying my ideal client is between 18 and 40. (laughs) And that's it. Yes. (laughs) And there's like nothing else. There's no other details or anything. Like, okay. Exactly. I need to get a little bit more specific than that. So, you know, through your path to freedom and, and mm-hmm. everything that you've been doing as an entrepreneur, what's, what's a few of the biggest challenges that you've faced on this path?
0: Uh, oh, <laughs> okay. So I would say at the beginning, it was realizing that I needed to, even though I was running my own business, I was my own boss, I still needed a schedule to follow um, especially at the beginning, because that, that, that's one of the things I ran into. It's like, oh, you know what? I'm my own boss. I can you know, do what I want when I want. But then that mindset led me to not really doing the things I needed to do to move the business. So I would say that was probably like the first thing. Once I got past that, um, then the next challenge was really figuring out what I, you know, really getting clear. Like we were just talking about on number one on what I wanted to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And for a while, that was me actually, running a done-for-you service where I actually um, worked with local businesses and generated leads for them for their business, which is what I did for over three years. Uh, it wasn't until recently that I went into more of the consultant route uh, After pretty much like during COVID is when that happened. So figuring out, getting my schedule right, figuring out what exactly I want to do and how I wanted to help people was the second challenge for me. And then the third was really... Then at that point, how do I get business for myself? Because one thing I found, like, it was, it's, it's really easy for me to you know, like, tell people what to do and then like, generate business for them. That process was a lot harder for me, uh, even though I need, need to go through the same thing, which is why now I understand why a lot of people who do even do marketing, they still hire other, pe- other businesses to do their own like, advertising
1: mm-hmm.
0: because th- to take the emotion out of it. Yeah. I can take the emotion out of running other people's ads. Cause mm. I, I know it works just like from a, just a number standpoint, but it's hard for me to do that for my own ads.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So okay. those
0: are probably like some of the biggest, I, I mean, there's probably lots of other things. I, well, I know there's lots of other things, but like just from the business standpoint, that was probably some of the hardest things I had to go through.
2: And what's, and what's something that's shown up for you or maybe an area that you've massively grown in that you just didn't anticipate on this path.
0: Uh Patience. Hmm. Uh, I would say yeah. like working with working with the clients has definitely taught me patience. And it's something my coach uh, has helped with a lot, too. Because I'll say, OK, we'll, we'll I will have a plan in place and we'll want to get something and then we'll have projections. And then waiting on the client to do things because they have their own internal struggles that they might be going through. Maybe it's the first time, maybe I'm asking for them for a video and Mm. they are afraid to get on camera. And they have never done it before, which I I I get. I mean, when I first got on camera, of course we were telling about, that's why it took three months because I had to record it so many times Mm. because I was not comfortable on camera. So I totally get that. Um, But I was like, okay, well we need these though. And I need you to just do it. So just, I would say one of the biggest growths for me is patience and empathy for, uh, what people were going through in those, in those like situations, a lot of times, because I went through those situations too, but now having, having those experiences makes it easier for me to be empathetic of some of the things they might go through, but it also made it, I know. So I, I kind of learned when, when to pull back and when to push. Okay. Yeah to help them get to their goals.
2: That's that's pretty important, huh? That's yeah. actually interesting and, I, and there's kind of two ways to motivate people and this happens with fitness coaches too. And you know, some people like me, I'm a, I'm really highly motivated, so I don't really need someone to tell me, you know, mm-hmm. um, hey man, you got to dig deeper because I'm already freaking digging pretty deep, but I appreciate it when people actually give me positive reinforcement like, hey man, you're doing a solid job, you know, I can tell mm-hmm. you're digging deep. And, um, you know, there's different ways to motivate people. And I think that's interesting that some work one way and some work the other way. You know, my wife, for example, she loves to be told, hey, you got to dig deeper, come on, you know? And, uh, you know, just, she knows that she's cheating herself if, if someone doesn't yell that at her. So I think that's, that's pretty important and uh, something to take note on in coaching. So when it comes to the ultimate freedom lifestyle, what does the ultimate freedom lifestyle look like for you?
0: Okay, great. So for me, and this is actually something I'm setting up in my current uh, with, with with my uh current uh, business and offer uh, I want a business that can grow without me
1: mm-hmm.
0: like I want to be able to and i'm not i'm by no means i'm not there yet but I want to be able to if I go take a three month vacation come back and have more revenue mm-hmm. in the business than it than I did when i left mm-hmm. so and one of the, and we haven't really talked about this that that much up to this point, but uh the coronavirus was probably, at least from a business standpoint, a blessing for me mm-hmm. from a business standpoint, because I was on a path on my business that was making, you know, good it was making good money, it's making great money, but I wasn't really into it as much. So what I did. Before coronavirus, I just did lead generation and appointment setting for massage therapists. Okay. And when coronavirus hit, well, all those closed. So 90% of my revenue just disappeared overnight, like because of that. And then, so I scrambled for a couple of weeks. It's like, oh, okay, well, what do I do? And I had a couple of clients still, uh, you know, Colton Colton being one of them, who were not in the massage therapy, who did other things online, who was able to still do business. So, Not only did we pivot with, with that pivot with those clients with our offerings, but it kind of gave me a chance to take a step back and really figure out what I wanted to do. And one of the questions I asked myself is like, what would I do if, if money didn't matter? What's one thing I would do all day or could do all day and enjoy it? And for me, that's talking about marketing, talking about helping business owners, talking about their business and coming up with strategies to grow their business. I love doing that. I Mm -hmm. I do it all the time. It's, it lights me up. So I, so I was like, okay, well, how can I do that? So then I actually, I went hired a coach who specializes in in that because for me, that's important to me. Once I have an area of growth that I I want, I go find someone who's good at that and I go give them money to, to, Mm -hmm. to, you know, close that gap. So that's what I did. And that's kind of, that's how I started this whole consultant. Consultancy. So in the way I'm building this and I want to make sure I built this from scratch in a way that I could eventually step out of it. But my clients still got the same level of service, if not better, and the same level of results. So I'm building this right now. It's just, I'm doing all the coaching in it right now. And I'm doing uh, the sales cause I want to make sure I want to get the process down, mm-hmm. but, and I already have a, a stage set of steps where I'm going to remove myself from different pieces of it, bring in other coaches to replace me so I can keep the same level of customer service and results for my clients, if not better. So my goal is in the next six to nine months, this aspect of my business, I won't, I won't be doing the sales. I won't be doing the fulfillment, but that's going to keep growing. And that's, that's, that's the biggest ideal of like, you know, business and freedom and time freedom for me is I'm a, I can step in when I want to because I still enjoy this. I still enjoy you know doing doing this, mm-hmm. but the ability to have that in place and it continues to grow without me, and that's what I'm setting up right now.
2: Beautiful, beautiful. And then what are you going to do with your time when you do that? Because I know time so um, important
0: to you. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, honestly, it might because I, I still like I love marketing and talking about it so much. It'll just be. I also have a another it's not a necessarily another business venture. It's the same business, just a different offer, a higher level offer that I plan on launching at that point. So mm-hmm. then it'll just be building that and then doing and going through the same process at that point. Uh, so for me, uh, like me and my wife, we love traveling. Mm-hmm. Can't do it right now, but uh, we had like three international trips planned before COVID hit this year. Mm-hmm. So once we can do that again, uh, that's one thing I, I spend a lot of my time on. I like to you know travel throughout the year. And having a business that allows me to do that, but still run it, you know, for me that's that's freedom because I get to do what I love, which is like what I do what I love in my business, but also get to do what I love, which is traveling. So I mean, yeah, that I that's that's what I I want to do. <laughs> that's
2: beautiful, man. You're working on the freedom trinity of financial, time, and location freedom, and that's that's yes. awesome. and that's what we're about here at Freedom Hack Radio. And you kind of touched on that too. It's like just because you become financially free doesn't mean you stop working and you don't you stop working on business, but it gives us the choice to say, hey, mm-hmm. we got the financial piece taken care of. Now we have the freedom to say, hey, man, I'm gonna take like six months off and go travel around the world with my wife or, or whatever. Um, yeah, exactly. And then same thing with time freedom. You seem like the kind of guy that's heavily motivated and heavily driven. You're not going to be sitting, you know, in a hammock in the Bahamas, just sipping on cocktails. Yeah. like, <laughs> bored, Right. Um, so, but, but the fact that you have the control of that time and you could just say, Hey, you know what, this week, let's go to, I don't know, let's just fly somewhere and, and go hang out and do something. You can say that with your wife and, and that's awesome. And that's so beautiful. And to, and the last piece there, location, freedom to be able to do that, to be able to run your consulting business, to be able to um, manage all of these things while you're traveling all over the world. And that's the ultimate. And, and that's, I think that that's just so beautiful and I'm so glad that you're on that path and uh, you get to live that life because how good is your life compared to what it used to be when you were working like in the oil industry?
0: Oh, so, I mean, it's, it's night and day. So the entire time, so for context, well, number one, I make more money than I, than I did uh, back then. Number two, so when I used to work actually out on the rigs, we would work 12-hour shifts. So either 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. or 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., seven days a week until the job, the, the job was done. So we did yeah. that. And then I might get a, a few days off and then come back and do it again. And that was my life for about three and a half years when I was working on the rigs. Mm-hmm. And uh, and two years of that was up in North North Dakota, and that's a cold place. I never want to go back to it. <laughs> um, and then when I started working in the office, I, I did. I was in more of a tech support role. I was on call twenty four seven. I was always on call with you know someone calling me for, with an issue twenty four seven, which is one of the reasons I was so stressed with with the the work. So I I never was able to shut off. So now. Yeah, I mean, some days I decide to keep working because it's a choice. Other days I shut it down at 3 p.m. Or, or sooner. Like yesterday I was like, I, I mean, I got most of my work done by noon and I was like, I don't really feel like working anymore. I'm just, and I went for like a two hour bike ride mm. because I could, I didn't, you know, I didn't have to, you know, do, do more work if I didn't want to. And that right there, just the ability to choose is just night and day.
2: That's beautiful, man. You know, and we are not designed to freaking wake up early in the morning, go to the grind, bust our butts all day, come home tired, and then just do that over and over again so that we can pay our bills, we can have shelter, have a little bit of food in our mouth, Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit of money left over, but then not much else. And that's how so many people live in the Western world today. That is just like... That, that cannot be how we are meant to live. And so, you know, there's nothing wrong with people having a job. I don't have any problems with that at all. But, you know, we truly all deserve to live a life of freedom. And I'm so glad that you've taken this path. And it's, it's you're just a perfect example of just making that choice and doing that. And it sounds like there was so many times where you probably were just like, I don't even know how I'm going to, like, join the dots. But I'm just going to make it happen. Yeah?
0: Oh, uh, 100%. I mean, there was... In the, in the last five years, I mean, there there were countless times where I was just like, um, especially like the first three years, uh, I was just living off savings. Mm-hmm. You know, like I had uh, I had a lot of savings from my, you know, like corporate job while I was just trying to figure it out. And I, I was pretty much had to not only convince myself, but my wife that this was going to work out. I mean, because yeah. she was still in. She she finished law school. Uh, a couple months after I after I left. Left uh, you know, like my job. She finished law school, went through the whole process of taking a bar, you know, started working as an attorney. And, you know, I'm just kind of going through savings to pay the bills. And while she's I'm- racking
2: up debt. She's racking up debt to go uh, through yeah. law school and you're chilling exactly. for the savings. And she's like, This better freaking work out, Greg. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I mean, it was definitely it was definitely tough, like emotionally for both of us, especially for the first first like I would say the first two and a half to three years. Um, And it wasn't until. I guess that would be sometime near the end of 2018, definitely beginning of 2019, where there was finally a breakthrough where I was like, okay, I'm making enough money to pay all the bills. You know, I, you know, I, I don't have to go in debt anymore. Like, you know, and then, then it was like, oh, now I can, I can start paying off some of that debt. And then it just like kind of kept stacking on itself too, but uh, it was definitely, it was definitely tough at the beginning. Um, you know, if I wouldn't have had so much stress at the job, I probably would have maybe potentially like, you know, did the business more before I left. So I had a little bit more of a financial cushion. However, I'm kind of a person that also needs to get bit a few times before I learn the lesson. So I don't think I would have actually uh, like went all if I wouldn't have burned boats, as Tony Robbins likes to say. Yeah. I don't know if I would be where I'm at right now. So it's hard for me to because people ask me, it's like, oh, well, should I just leave my job or should I have security? And I'm like, I can't answer. It's hard for me to answer that question for people because. It makes more sense to have more money, but I'm like some people just aren't going to put the work in if, if they have a, a second option. And I think I'm one of those people. If I had a, an escape hatch, yeah. I don't think I would be where I'm at.
2: Yeah. And there's something really liberating about that to just fully commit and just go, all right, this is on me. You know, it's mm-hmm. all up to me. I'm all in on this one. I'm going to make this thing work. And you know, it, that's where it really comes into it. It's like, there's a lot of challenges that is guaranteed. Everyone on the path of freedom that wants to go from having a job to being financially free and time freedom, and location freedom, challenges will most definitely pop up along the way. And if we're motivated enough, then you know, we can crush it. So I think it's really liberating to make that choice. And, you know, I had a similar experience myself, you know, I was in the construction industry for 17 years, I did a lot of shutdowns, I was working like 12, 14 hours a day, sometimes seven days a week for eight weeks on one week off, you know, I was doing the grind. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I look at the two and a half years of me slugging it out, while I actually had a job, And it took me two and a half years to have a side hustle in real estate, mobile home parks specifically to become financially free. When I look back and I go, man, is that all I had to do? Like when I compare the 17 years of doing something that I didn't like and going to work like 12 to 14 hours a day to the nights that I was working doing this real estate stuff. And I'm like, it just took two and a half years of my spare time to sacrifice, you know, not going to all the barbecues and football games and all that kind of stuff and just really focusing on something and it just took two and a half years. And now I get to live a different life. You know, I I tell people it's actually a pretty easy thing to do in comparison to living the day-to-day grind for like decades, yes. which for most of us is not authentically and truly satisfying us.
0: Oh yeah, I I hundred percent agree. I mean, it was there was there was lots of tough times in this process, but you know, now kind of being on the other side of some of those tough times, I mean I wouldn't Yeah, it it sounds, it just feels insignificant to what I know now that I have and what's possible in the future. So, yeah, I went through like a two, two to two and a half year period of suck. Yeah. You know, like, you know, where I wasn't really making any money or I wasn't able to pay myself like money from what I was doing. And Mm -hmm. I kept having to show up every day. But that's nothing. In comparison to you know what I have been able to build now and then what I will be able to do in the future because of that sacrifice like you said like the you know not maybe not going to as many you know barbecues or hanging out with some of those friends as often as I used to for those for that time frame but it was it was 100% worth it though
2: absolutely absolutely my friends were like hey man how come you're not coming to the game you're doing that boring real estate stuff again and it it was like that for a couple of years you know and then Mm -hmm. and then fast forward it was like hey man how how come you get to travel all over the world for six months going to like 20 countries right now and I'm stuck at work and I'm like yeah remember that real estate stuff (laughs) that's why exactly for the (laughs) first
0: part the first part of when I left I had um So many people, and this used to annoy me so much, so many people would say things like, oh, well, you have your, your degrees to fall back on. And I'm like, you have your, you you know, you could always go get a job if this doesn't work. And I'm like, no, there's, I'm like, there's no plan B. This is like plan A is plan B plan C is, you know, like plan, you know, like it's, it's all this. And like, and that went on for a couple, probably the first two years where people would just say, say that. I'm like, and like, it came from a good place and I know they didn't mean it. They, you know, they, they didn't mean it in a way that was negative and whatnot. But I'm just like, no, that's not helpful for me. So like, I'm like, no, I, I'm not, I don't, that's not a fallback. This, I'm, I'm going all in on this. And then now I have people kind sound like you were saying, it's like, man, you get to go just, you know, travel in the middle of the week if you need to. You get to go do like X, Y, Z. I'm just like, yeah, I set my life up that way. <laughs>
2: Boom. And now you help people improve their lives through massively increasing their revenue in their businesses. And, um, yes. something that you actually share, um, and you actually offer this for free is the four pillars of a multiple six figure business. And we're actually going to have mm-hmm. a link to that in the show notes. And I know it's something you, you were talking about here as well. So, uh, what's your top freedom hack that you would like to share with our freedom hackers today?
0: Okay. Top freedom hack. Uh, so have a business and or side business or something that can generate you revenue outside of your, you know, nine to five job, assuming you have one. If you have a nine to five job. I am all for having something that you can build, even if you build it up over time, that can become something that allows you to at least build financial freedom. Because some people love the job, the nine to five jobs they do. And I, I understand. That. I'm like, and by no means, what I tell someone, if that's what you love doing, keep doing that. But giving yourself a, uh, building something like, so my wife calls it a, uh, a fuck you front fun. Just in case, <laughs> just in case that's something you decide, you know what? I don't want to take this anymore. I, I want to have something else. And if you do have a business, set it up in such a way that you spend the majority of your time doing something that you enjoy. Yeah. You don't want to end up giving yourself another job. Yeah. And I would say that's probably my, you know, top freedom. act. just try to spend as much of your time as possible doing something you actually enjoy.
2: That's beautiful, man. And it's, I I just believe that everybody can have some kind of side hustle, even if it's as simple as just starting your first investment. You know, I actually Mm -hmm. had a conversation with one of my friends about this the other day. Um, and he was talking about buying a house in a few years and all this, and I'm like, "Yeah, but you've got money sitting there right now. You know, what if you just use some of it and invested in something? You know?" And I mentioned, you know, different things that could be a possibilities for him right now, like investing in silver and things like this. Yeah. He didn't know about any of that, and um, you know, a lot of us just, you know, we come from the place of we have the knowledge that we have, but there's so many things that are out there that are available for us, but we just don't know until we get intercepted. And so there's so many ways to make money and there's so many different types of investments we can get involved in. We don't necessarily have to fork out like twenty-five dollars or $50,000 to get involved. You know, if you want to get involved in silver investing, you can go buy one ounce silver coin for as small as like 25 bucks right now. And yeah. um, I think psychologically for people to just get started, even if it's just something super small like that, I think is huge. Because once people see, oh, bang, that that silver investment just tripled in like two years. Hey, like I'm going to start investing a lot more of my money Then you know, the, I think the belief can actually enhance in a lot of people. So yeah, great point there. Um, so what's the best way to keep the conversation going with you, Greg?
0: Um, so if anyone wants to talk with me, I offer free 45 minute strategy calls. So if you are a, if you're in, in coaching, you're doing consulting or you have some type of service-based business, and if, if you're stuck making less than $10,000 a month, what you can do is just go to www.wheelhousemarketers.com and schedule a free 45-minute strategy session with me. Pretty much on that call, we will, and it'll be with me, we will kind of dive into your business, I'll ask you a free questions, see what's working, what's not working. And then if it's something I believe I can help you with, I'll show you how. If not, I can refer you to someone, you know, many of the people in, in my network who I believe can.
2: Beautiful. So that's wheelhousemarketers.com. We're going to have a link to that in the show notes as well. Any final thoughts?
0: No, man. Uh, Bryce, just thank you for having me on. This has been awesome.
2: Awesome. Well, I really appreciate it, mate. I'm super stoked for you on your journey. I love that you've gone from not living a passionate life to living a passionate life. And I'm super excited to see where this one's going to take you. So uh, thanks a lot for sharing everything today. Thanks for being open and honest and vulnerable. I really appreciate it, mate. And for all of you listening, this is Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. If you've got something out of listening to this today, please
1: make sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel. And until next week, live large and live free.